All right. Well, how long do you think you could hold your breath for? Maybe some of you did during that, that bumper there. It's a little long, but that's all right. We're not going to try it today because I don't want you to pass out. But the average person can hold their breath for 30 to 60 seconds. A trained athlete, maybe two minutes. Pearl divers in Japan and free divers, around seven minutes. And just last year, a free diver from Croatia, Budimar Sobat, set a new world record. Want to guess? 24 minutes and 37 seconds. Incredible. We can't go very long without breathing. In fact, the world record holder can only sustain life without breathing for 24 minutes. Physically speaking, breath is life. It gives our cells oxygen so they don't die. And spiritually speaking, prayer is life. It provides awareness to the presence of God that renews and sustains our soul and our spirit. And unfortunately, I know I hold my spiritual breath for way too long, too frequently. Not engaging in the life-giving practice of prayer. And my guess is that I'm not alone. I think we all want to pray. We all want a vibrant spiritual life that's deeply rooted in Christ. That's probably why you're here today. But we often struggle with prayer. And here are a few reasons why we struggle. First of all, you might be uncomfortable with prayer. No one ever taught me to pray. And when I've tried, I feel awkward. I feel uncomfortable. The right words don't come out. Maybe prayer was something you just memorized as, as a kid and only recited before dinner or before bedtime. Some of us feel like we never got beyond, God is great, God is good, thank you for this food, amen. And others of us think like we could never sound like the people here at church or at other churches. But what you see here on stage is not necessarily what all prayer should sound like. Prayer is not about the words. It's not about how it sounds. It's about authenticity. It's about the heart. So some of us are uncomfortable with prayer. Others of us struggle with prayer because we'd say, my life is too full of noise. From the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, noise, right? Screens, there's no silence, there's no solitude, no stillness, radio when we're driving, news in the morning, social media scrolling during our downtime. It's filling our heads, starving our souls and our relationships. And then some of us would say that we struggle with prayer because maybe we don't think that prayer works. You might even tell me how you've prayed for God to come through for you, for someone you love, prayers for healing, prayers for restored relationships. And it seems that no matter how hard I prayed or how hard you prayed, nothing ever seemed to change. So we get discouraged. Why pray? And I understand those feelings, and I've had to work through those feelings myself. Why does God answer some prayers and some not? And the truth of the matter is, a lot of the time, I don't know. 
But what I've discovered is that it is better to pray than not to pray. And I want to share with you three big reasons why this morning. Reasons that our prayers matter. First of all, prayer brings me into God's presence. Because of Jesus, we have access to God's presence. In Old Testament times, uh, the high priest was the mediator between God's people and God. And when Jesus came and died for our sins and rose again, he became that great high priest who gives us access to God the Father. Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, so then since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet did not sin. So let us boldly come to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Amen. So we don't pray to make God show up. This is not about our our efforts. God is already present. He's always available, and his spirit is always moving and working around us. We pray to get in tune with him, with his spirit. We pray to become aware of his presence. Think of prayer for a moment like a radio. Right now in this room, there's radio waves being broadcast from various stations, but we can't see them, yet they're all around us. But if we have the right tools and equipment, we can tune into the frequency and we can hear something. Now, it's been a while since I've worked a radio, but I was able to find one in my emergency pack. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll see if this works. I'm out of practice, but I'm going to... Oh, yeah, different uh, stations here. Yeah, so if I have the right tools and equipment, I can tune in. I can tune into the right frequency. Now, hopefully, I'm using my radio in times more than just emergencies, right? It's like prayer. Prayer is tuning in to God's frequency that is always broadcasting. Prayer is bringing us into God's presence that's already there. Let's look at what King David said about God's presence. In Psalm 139, he said, he asked, where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. David knew that God was ever and is ever present. And just because I can't feel him, it doesn't mean he isn't there. God is everywhere, and prayer makes me aware that God is with me as he promises. One of the books on your recommended resource list at the end of your outline is a book by Philip Yancey entitled, Prayer, Does It Make a Difference? A question we've probably all wondered. In this book, he writes, I have learned to see that prayer is not my way of establishing God's presence, but rather my way of responding to God's presence. That is a fact whether or not I can detect it. 
my feelings of God's presence or God's absence are not the presence or the absence. God is already present in my life all around me. Prayer offers the chance to attend to and respond to that presence. So God is present, and he wants a relationship with you, with me, and that's what prayer is all about, building that relationship with God. When we want to build a relationship with someone, sustain a relationship with someone, we talk with them, right? We converse, we connect with them, and we want to connect and converse with our creator. God wants to make himself known to us because he loves us, and prayer brings me into that place where God is. Another reason our prayers matter is because prayer teaches me to recognize God's voice. God's presence is always available, his spirit is always moving, and his voice is always speaking. And it is prayer that tunes me in and teaches me to listen to the different ways God speaks. So here are some different ways God speaks. First, scripture. This is the primary way that God speaks to us today through his written word, the Bible. And his word is how we know if any other way that God speaks is really from him. Any word from God that we think we've received or someone else has told us is only a word from God if it lines up with his written word. And this is why scripture is such a big and important part of prayer. And God speaks to us in other ways, too, through wise people and counsel. God speaks to us through the words and the wisdom of others if we have the humility to listen. Proverbs 19.20, listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end, you will be wise. I was just talking with a friend this last week, and he was sharing with me, you know, A lot of the time, I don't feel like going to Bible study or growth group or hanging out with with my friends, but a lot of times, I hear something when I go that I really needed, that really helped me. God can speak to us through others. Circumstances. Have you ever had something happen either in the moment or when you looked back and you knew it was God? Prayer gives us perspective. It helps us see how God is working in and through the circumstances of our lives. For me personally, when I'm up against a decision and I feel like, okay, this is in line with God's word, I've gotten counsel, good counsel, and I'm going to take this step. I like to commit it to the Lord. Lord, I believe this is where you're leading me, and I commit this to you. If this is what you want, if this is your will, please open the door. If it's not, please close the door. And he's faithful to answer that prayer. He uses circumstances to guide us. Impressions. This is when you get a sense or a feeling, an insight that God might be telling you something, to call someone, to pray for someone, to give something, to say something. This is when you get that thought or idea that's much better, smarter than me or you, right? It's, it's this um, idea, for example, I'd really like to do something kind for this person who's in a desperate situation and who can never pay me back. Where do you think that's coming from? Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his 
good pleasure. Another way God can speak to us is through worship, through music, through stories. God speaks to us through songs, worship music for sure. I've had some very powerful moments with God speaking to me through a song when I'm in prayer or in a corporate setting like this, worshiping the Lord together. In Colossians 3, Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing each other in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. I don't have time to go into it this morning, but there are, there's account after account in scripture of praise and worship, God meeting his people when they sing in faith to him and moving mountains, enemies defeated in battle in the Old Testament. There's power when we worship God in spirit and in truth, and he moves. Psalm 22 says, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. But God can also speak to us through, through stories. Jesus used parables to convey the truths of God to the people. And throughout history, we, we've also seen great storytellers. One that I like is C.S. Lewis, who used fantasy to convey the truth of God to many people. God can speak to us through nature, through the beauty of his creation. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. If we've, for those who've never heard the gospel, nature speaks and says there's a God out there. Scripture says that. There's that, that creation gives people hints. There is a God. This is not here by accident. Look at what Jesus says about knowing his voice. John 10, 27. My sheep know my voice, and I know them. They follow me. How do we learn to know the voice of Jesus? We spend time with him. We spend time in his word. And just like our human relationships, the more time we spend with people, the more we get to know them and recognize their voice. It's the same with the Lord. Spend time with him in his word, in prayer, and we learn to recognize his voice and his leading. The third reason that our prayers matter is because prayer connects me to God's mission. God wants to involve you and me in what he's doing in the world around you. And prayer gives us the spiritual vision and awareness to see what God is doing, to see where he is already working. What is God doing here, and how can I join with him in what he's doing? Prayer helps me, it helps you to hear his voice and to follow his lead. Let's look at a little illustration from nature on this one. So this guy's name is Otis, and Otis is the incumbent champion of Fat Bear Week going on right now in Katmai National Park in Alaska. So Otis and his buddies are preparing for hibernation, and they need to get as fat as possible to survive this winter. And so what do they do? They go down to the creek, and they help themselves to the abundant sockeye salmon that are swimming upstream. So you can actually, if you're bored, hopefully not during my sermon, you can watch the bears on a live cam, 
And uh, it's actually, it's, it's therapeutic, I would say. I've, I've done it myself. And uh, you can watch them catch the fish, and they're getting ready for this hibernation mission. You can vote for your favorite fat bear. <laughs> so when those bears are in the river, they're able to align with that mission. They see what they need to do. And prayer is sort of like getting in the river. It aligns me with God's mission. I can see more clearly what I need to do and where I need to go. And that is why Jesus prayed and taught us to pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is a prayer of perspective and alignment. God, your kingdom come in me, your will be done in me on my job, in my home, at my school, in my family. May we align our lives with your mission. May we play our part in heaven coming to earth right now in this place, the love, the peace, the joy, the justice, the grace of heaven on earth, in my office, at my school, in my home, through me. You see, when our prayers are aligned with God's purposes, they are powerful. 1 John chapter 5, we live in the bold confidence that God hears our voices when we ask him for things that fit his plan. And if we have no doubt that he hears our voices, we can be assured that he moves in response to our call. Prayer moves God's heart. And when it is aligned with God's will, it moves circumstances. And I know the pushback we all feel here. If something's God's will, why doesn't he just do it? apart from our prayers? Why would he wait to accomplish his will until we pray? Because God wants us to work with him. He invites us into his plans. And that means bringing our will and agenda into alignment with his. He wants us to care about the things he cares about. And he wants us to care enough about them that we pray passionately about them. Now I wanna end the talk today by talking about how we pray. And we're going to use a mnemonic, or an acronym, P-R-A-Y. And it's going to lead us into a time of prayer, where we're going to practice prayer. So one of the other books listed on your recommended resource list, on your outline, is the book How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. And in this prayer, the author gives four simple ways to learn how to pray. And here it is. First, we need to pause. One of the primary reasons we struggle with prayer is that we are too busy and we have way too much noise in our lives. Yes, prayer can happen anywhere at any time, but there's incredible power in stillness, in quieting ourselves before the Lord. Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I am God. It's very often in the stillness and in the quiet that we find God. That is where we hear his voice. It's, it's like we're taking that moment and we're setting it aside for God, saying, okay, these other things, as important as they are, they're not as important right now as this time with the Lord. So we pause. And after we pause, we rejoice. This is where we come to God with thanksgiving. Scripture says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. It's about focusing on who we have in God and what we have through him. How much would our perspective change 
if we just took a moment to realize what we are actually invited into in prayer. The God of the universe who created galaxies, who formed the human body and breathed life into it, who gave the soul life, who's holding everything together. This is the God who wants to meet with you in prayer. He invites you and me into his presence. He wants to be with you. Wow, that should give all of us reason to rejoice and to praise God every day. I love this next verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It says, celebrate always, pray constantly, and give thanks to God no matter what circumstances you find yourselves in. So we pause, we rejoice, and next, we ask. This is where we authentically and honestly, in our own words, in our own way, tell God what we need and what is going on in our lives. We bring our life and our cares and concerns and burdens and worries to him. In Ephesians 6, Paul says, pray in the spirit at all times with all kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need. Now, some of you might be thinking at this point, okay, well, if God is God and he already knows what I need, isn't that what it says in the Bible? Why do I need to pray? Well, you see, we're not asking for God's sake. We're not praying for God's sake. We're praying for our sake. Prayer was not invented for God. It's not like he needs us to pray. We need to pray. It was invented for us. It's an act of admission on our part to say, God, I need you in my life. God already knows you need him, but he will not move in your life until you open the door and allow him. And our prayers open the door to inviting God to move. So that leads us to the last part of prayer, which is why? Yield. And as the band comes back up, we're going to look at what yield means. Now, the best way I think of, to think of yield is driving, right? Yield means to give way. Now, this doesn't happen very nicely on the freeways around downtown LA during rush hour, <laughs> as some of us uh, might know too well. Um, when you're merging lanes, eventually, eventually someone has to yield. By the way, what about those people where there's enough room and they see you coming in and they speed up? <laughs> oh. Unless someone yields and gives the right away, there will be an accident, right? An important part of prayer is to yield, to surrender, to say, okay, God, now I'm done. What do you want to say? What do you want to reveal to me? God, what do you want me to do? And our posture, before he even says anything, is yes, yes, God, I'm in. The answer is already yes. In Galatians 5, Paul says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. I love this picture because it's this idea that the direction God is leading, that's where I need to go, whether I feel like it or not. So for example, maybe that means forgiveness when I want to hold a grudge. Okay, God, I yield to you. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to walk in your way. I'm going to keep in step with your spirit. And there's another important aspect of yield, 
And that is trusting God with what we've just given to him, with what we've just prayed about. It's so easy to keep worrying about the matter, but it's so much better to leave it with him in our heavenly father's hands. When we truly cast our cares on him, he sustains us. That's a promise in scripture. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. Cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. He really does. In Philippians 4, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, this is such a message for us today, for for us, for our society, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You realize how incredible that is, that promise of prayer that, okay, you're not going to have it all figured out. I'm not going to have it all figured out. And that's an important thing for me to remember because I try to figure it all out. And uh, rarely does that, that, does that work. But when we bring these things to the Lord and we leave these things with him, the promise is peace. That guards our minds and our hearts in Christ Jesus. So we pause, we rejoice, we ask, we yield, and that's how we pray. It's that easy. And you can do it this week. In fact, we are going to do it together right now. And as the band plays, we're, we're just going to take a, a moment to pause, to be still in God's presence. And for some, this might feel awkward, but, that, but that's okay. It's not that long. So I just invite you to, right there at your seat, If you could close your eyes, uh, take a deep breath. If you're comfortable, just putting your hands in a position of receiving from the Lord. And just pause. Just quiet our hearts and our souls. Loving Heavenly Father, I praise and I thank you for allowing us to come together in your name this morning, in this place. We're so grateful, Lord. We praise you for your faithfulness, for what you're doing in each of our lives. Now just take a moment. You're there at your seat. Your soul is quieted before the Lord. And just tell him something, thank you for something, for who he is, for something he's done in your life. Thank you, Lord. Now I'm going to invite you to offer up to him a specific care, concern, request, need. In this moment, take some time and give one thing, one thing to the Lord. Father, I pray that you would graciously meet all the needs offered up by your people this morning. Thank you that you care. Thank you that you hear. Thank you that you're with us. And finally, 
I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Let's stand together right now. In a few seconds, we're going to sing a song of worship to the Lord. But while we're in this attitude and posture of surrender to the Lord, maybe there was something that happened during this time. Scripture became alive to you. A truth was revealed to you. A decision was solidified in your heart. A next step became clear. There was a renewal of peace in your heart and in your mind that maybe you hadn't felt for a while. Would you take a moment and just say yes to the Lord? Superbly, yes, Lord. Thank you, God. Yes. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here today. We want to be obedient to you. God, your way is the best way. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.